you'll turn in your Bibles to Haggai chapter 2. Haggai chapter 2. We're looking at this. It's a wonderful book. It's real short. It's about three books back from Matthew. I think this is an encouraging word. We have a lot of things going on in the uh, in this country today. And I'll tell you right now, there's warfare that's going on. The enemy is coming against the church and coming against individual lives very, very heavily. He sows discord, he sows strife, and he sows division. And that's what we see happening today. And there are times when we feel like that we'll just, we want to give up. There are times when we want to give up, but we don't. And if we're really honest about this, we know that there are times where we say, okay, this is too much, and we back off from what God wants us to do. And I've always used the term that we press in to God. We press in, and that we don't draw back. We persevere. In fact, one of the fruits of the Spirit is patience, isn't it? Patience or endurance, because we are in a fight, and it could be said like for our lives, for our souls, because there are many people out there today that don't know Jesus, and the enemy obviously has them entrapped in whatever it is they're entrapped in, and they have believed a lie. Do you know what's happening in this world, in this earth today right now? And under the political situation that we see happening, and this is what I believe, and I've been given a spirit of discernment, so have you as believers, but let me share with you. Because of all the lies that you're hearing, that actually what happens is, is that uh, the enemy almost loses uh, or lets a spirit of lying that, that across this land because of what we see happening. In other words, when people agree with the enemy instead of agreeing with truth and agreeing with Jesus, then we know there's a, a loosing of that spirit of deception, that spirit of lying across this land. And we see that today, and we see it in this political season that we're in. People are not telling the truth. And when they don't tell the truth, the, the Lord lifts his hands and said, okay, you can have your own way, but I want to tell you, it's going to bring a, a great amount of destruction in people's lives today. But because people have decided to believe a lie instead of believing the truth. And that's what we're seeing today. And so there's a warfare that's going on. And many of us as Christians today could get discouraged. Because we know the Bible says we are fighting an adversary, Satan, who's walking around. And he's like a roaring lion. He's seeking for somebody to devour. And you see, the moment we give him that opportunity, whatever it may be, it may be something you said that you shouldn't have said or done that you shouldn't have done or whatever. When you crack the door for the enemy, the enemy zones in on it. It's like you've got a bullseye on your back. And he comes in. And he begins to inflict harm upon you. He came to kill, steal, and destroy. And we see people today who are deceived. Very, very deceived today. And so let's read chapter 2 of Haggai, verses 1 through 9. And then I want to share with you some things I hope will be encouraging to you. And uh, Haggai chapter 2, verse 1. On the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came through Haggai the prophet. Speak to Zerubbabel, son of Shetiel, governor of Judah, to the high priest Joshua, son of Jehozadak, and the remnant of the people. Speak to him. Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Doesn't it seem like nothing to you? Even so, be strong, Zerubbabel. And this is the Lord's declaration. Be strong, Joshua of Jehozadak, 
high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land. This is the Lord's declaration. Work, for I am with you. The declaration of the Lord of hosts, our fighting God, the Lord of hosts, is actually the warring God part of, of God. He fights for us. This is the promise I made to you when you came out of Egypt, and my spirit is present among you. Don't be afraid. For the Lord of hosts says this, Once more, in a little while, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all the nations so that the treasures of all the nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver and gold belong to me. This is the declaration of the Lord of hosts. The final glory of this house will be greater than the first, says the Lord of hosts. And I will provide peace in this place. This is the declaration of the Lord of hosts. Oh, I love that word. This translation says declaration. In other words, God has declared it so. It's going to happen. And so, you know, John Wesley, he was the founder of the Methodist church. He went around. He was an itinerant pastor. He went from place to place. And, um, you know, he didn't have air-conditioned sanctuaries like we do. Okay? He rode on horseback. He was out in the fields. He was on the streets. And I'm sure that the weather was hot then, although they said that global warming has just started. No, it's been the same way back then. Okay? It was hot back then. It's hot in Texas. It's hot down here. And so he went around, but he was committed to Jesus Christ. He'd had an encounter with the Lord. And he went around preaching. Let me read to you from his diary there in particular year. He said on Sunday a.m., May the 5th, he preached at St. Anne's and he was asked not to come back anymore. (laughs) Sunday p.m. on May the 5th, he preached at St. John's and the deacon said, get out and stay out. On Sunday a.m., May the 12th, he preached at St. Jude's. Can't go back there either. Sunday there, a.m., May the 19th, he preached in another church, and the deacons called a special meeting and said, I couldn't return. Sunday p.m., May the 19th, he preached on the streets, and he was kicked off the streets. On Sunday a.m., May the 26th, he preached in a meadow. He was chased out of the meadow as a bull was turned loose during the service. Now, I hope no bulls come in here because obviously we're going to get out of here. And it's every man for himself. But he was on a meadow. He was in a meadow. And they turned a bull loose to discourage John Wesley there. On Sunday a.m., June the 2nd, he preached out at the edge of town. He was kicked off the highway. On Sunday, though, listen to this, p.m., June the 2nd, in the afternoon, he preached in a pasture. And 10,000 people came out to hear him. Amen. Now... Because John Wesley was committed, and because he didn't back down, is that he did not allow these things that happened to him to discourage him. But you and I, in our Christian walk, can become discouraged. We can get tired and weary because the battle is raging on. You know, the enemy is relentless. We believe somehow, you know, that obviously this thing, uh, we're just going to get better. And when that heavenly uh, bus pulls up, we've got our ticket. His name is Jesus, and we'll get on there. But until that time, we're in a war. This country called the United States of America is in a war. And I want to tell you today, many people are going the opposite way of the gospel, of truth. 
They have bought into a lie. And you and I have been placed here to let this little light of ours shine in the darkness. And yet, in the midst of this, we can become discouraged and we can become sort of distressed about it. You know, someone has said this, postage stamps are getting more expensive, but at least they have one attitude that most of us could emulate. They stick to one thing until they get there. We need to stick to one thing. His name is Jesus until we get home and then we'll be in his glory. And we'll be healed. And we won't have to worry about all this stuff around us today. And the warfare. Because there will no longer be any pain or suffering or death or tears. Or any of these things. We look forward. You see, you have to keep your focus upon Jesus today. Because the devil is working. Some sermons are intended to encourage you. Those who are not working for, for, for the Lord to start working there. Some intended to encourage that they have quit serving and the Lord and to return to their area of service. But this is for those who are faithfully serving the Lord. And this is encouragement, assurance there, and the motivation here in this particular scripture. I believe a word for me, for you, and for all God's people who are working for the Lord. Remember what happened with Haggai when the people came back and you know, out of captivity, and they went to building their own homes, and they didn't rebuild the house of the Lord. Remember, then they came back, and they started doing the will of God. And now we see that they're being attacked. Now, if you want to know Jesus, I want to tell you today, you can rest assured, the enemy will attack you. He will come against you. He will tell you lies. And you know, as a Christian, if you're born again, you're saved. You have that discerning spirit to say, this is not right. And you know, I've told you before, when you look at certainly current events out there today, and you go like, this doesn't make sense. A lot of times it's because it's demonic. And you say, but Jim, uh, uh, you know, you're just saying uh, that there's a demon behind every tree. Well, in a way I am. Because I want to tell you today, it is relentless. And when you seek the Lord and you fully surrender to Him, and you said, I'm going to follow Jesus no matter what, then the race is on. So be aware of that. You see, the awareness of a lot of things in the Christian life are actually part, are a real big step in winning the battle. It's when you're broadsided and you don't realize what happened. And so you're laying on flat on your back and you don't know what happened because the enemy has just broadsided you. He's just hit you hard. And you get discouraged. And the people here in this particular part of Haggai had reached a place of discouragement there. The Lord had promised Israel that if they would obey him, that he would be with them. And this passage proves that God is faithful. He was with them and he recognized that they needed to be lifted up. And God shows up and gives them the inspiration and motivation to keep pressing on for him. And there are times in our Christian life there and our service for the Lord when we're tempted to quit. But I want to encourage you today, don't stop. Don't quit. Don't give up. Keep on. Because I want to tell you, I don't want to be discouraging about this, but I believe this and with all my heart. And I believe the Bible is very indicative of this, as it shares, is that it is going to get even more difficult. I want to tell you, as we reach the end of times, if we're in that time where Jesus is getting ready to come back, at any time of history anyway, 
A people who are called of God, called out of darkness, and called into his marvelous light today. It's going to be a battle like we've never known before. The Bible actually states that unless the Lord stayed his hand, then even the elect would be deceived, actually. Even the elect. And you know, sometimes, you know, again, we forget that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against powers of darkness and principalities and those spiritual forces of darkness where our battle is not against people today, but it's against those. And we forget that so easily. And so there are a couple things I want to mention today. First of all is don't be discouraged. God sees your effort. He talks about it in the first, in the first verse there in chapter 2. The Lord knew exactly who was working on the temple. They called him out specifically, Zerubbabel and Joshua there and all. And, and he knew them because he was with them. He was there with them always. The one thing that we can say with all certainty, God is with us. God is here with us today by his spirit. Thank God. Hallelujah. When you leave here, God is with you. God has brought y'all through many different difficulties and challenges. Amen. He has done that over and over again. You get bad news and you're thinking, oh my goodness, what is going on? And you begin to pray and you feel and sense and you see the power of God released because he's the only one who's going to be able to help us in this. We can't turn to the government. We can't turn to these, this and that and all that. God Almighty will help you and I because he is faithful and he was with the people. He said, just be obedient to me and I will show you my, my presence. I will show you my power. He was with them. The people had been working for almost a month and progress was being made. But some were comparing the present foundation with the former temple. And it looked real small. It didn't look like much to them at all. And they became discouraged. You look at the people here. I don't have many people here because I don't count numbers. I don't care. It doesn't make any difference. But you look at it and sometimes what we do is we compare ourselves with the church down the street and say, well, they got a packed house. How many have we got here today? It doesn't make any difference. You're where God wants you to be. And don't be discouraged by that. Don't compare ourselves with other places, other people, and their walk with Jesus or their church or anything they're doing. We are called to be obedient here at Lighthouse Fellowship and what God has called us specifically to do. And God has got a plan. You take about, talk about power. What happened with Olivia Robinson as she just went down to Guatemala? There were a few kids that went. But let me tell you today... Olivia Robinson was a powerhouse in the lives of those little children and those people that she bent over and they, she prayed for today. She was one person, but yet she had God Almighty with her. She was prepared and God took her down to Guatemala and God changed people's lives down there. I believe it today. Do you believe it? Yes, she did what God called her to do. And God used her mightily today and she's not discouraged. You see the radiance on that girl's face? Mm -hmm. Amen. I'll tell you what, she's glowing. I want to tell you today, she needs to pray for us that we get on fire for the Lord. She, I said, will you go back? She said, yes, I would. She didn't say, I don't know, I've got to consider this. I've got to think about it. You know, it's a little cold out there in the morning. But I've got to think about this. No, what she said right away, she said, yes, I'm going back. I'll go back in a heartbeat today. Let me tell you, she's not discouraged. And we have our houses there. We built our houses. I got AC, thank the Lord. A couple nice cars, thank the Lord. Wonderful family, thank the Lord. 
What do we have to be discouraged about? We look at everything except for Jesus. We sometimes look and, and we compare with maybe what God has done in the past and he's not doing it the same way and we get discouraged. We keep, we've been praying for people and their salvations. We've been praying for this and that. Don't give up. Be encouraged today. That's what God is saying. I am with you. I will see you through. And what the people there here didn't realize that God does not measure success the way that man does. Though some of the people were discouraged, God was pleased. In Zechariah chapter 4, he says, don't despise the day of small things. Don't despise what God is doing. That's why when I talk about it and I pray for people, I ask you, just bless what God is doing. And you go, well, it looks like a little thing. This looks like, oh, it's big in God's eyes. And success is not measured in the same way in God's eyes that it is with us. We think that, you know, it's got to be grandioso. No, not necessarily. He's going to do that. Watch. And I'm going to share with you. But right now, don't despise the day of small things. Bless God. Look at what's happened here. Dolores calls. She goes, Jim, my brother-in-law has passed. And suddenly they were hit. Bam. And it's her, Johnny and all of them were hard hit by this loss. And the next thing I know, Dolores said, Jim, but not only that, I'm, they, the ladies ask us, we got to leave our home right behind the other. You see, in a way, Dolores had every right to say, you know, oh gosh, this is discouraging. And then we prayed, and God gave her another house. God answered prayer, and we believe it came from the Lord, don't we? We know it did. In fact, we know it did. You see, the same thing's happening across this sanctuary here today, that we, have the be, we could be discouraged. But you see, God says, I am with you. Talk to me. Share with me. Ask of me. And I'll respond to you. He wants that relationship, doesn't he? He wants a relationship with you and I. Don't despise that day of small things. If God was pleased with their progress, nothing else mattered. If God's pleased with Lighthouse Fellowship, really nothing else matters. There is nothing else except for what God is pleased with. And often we become discouraged when we compare our service with the service of others. And that actually is the direct result of pride. We look at people and God's blessed other people. Yes, he has, but he's blessed us too. And no matter whether we have a lot or whether or not we have a little bit, God has blessed us. But we look at others and say, well, I certainly would like to uh, have what they have. And uh, my house is not as big as their house. We can always find somebody with a bigger house. Trust me, just go through Houston. Go on Memorial Drive in Houston. Somebody's going to have a bigger house than you are. So you'll always be comparing. You see, you're never content. Paul said, I'm content with a lot. And I'm content with the small things. He said, I'm not discouraged. And even people walked away from Paul. They, they, they abandoned him. He said, I've been knocked down. I've been crushed. I've been perplexed. But he said, I'm not discouraged. He kept on going today. We have an assignment today, church. And that is to witness and to share and to love people like Jesus loves them. And not be discouraged in this because God is with us. And he'll do it if we'll allow him. I want to tell you today, we have every right to be encouraged. The fact of the matter is that God never called us to be a better preacher than somebody else. He never called you to be a better uh, teacher. He never called you to be a better singer. He never called you to be a better witness than somebody else. God's called you to serve in a specific place for a specific purpose. That's why God spoke to Olivia and said exactly what he said. 
now she can go because God has spoken. So many people get discouraged if they're not recognized or praised or whatever. You see, there are people working behind the scenes that are never seen by God. Intercessors are praying. They never want the spotlight. And yet God sees their efforts. And you may want to quit, but don't stop. The second thing is, is don't give up. God provides the strength. They were tired, they were weary, but God was still with them. Keep pressing in to the Lord. We become weak physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And many times we find ourselves at a point of weakness because we attempt to serve Him in our own flesh. We have to serve Him in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. We can't do it. You get weary. If you're weary, pull back and, see, and ask God to show you where you slipped into the flesh and you've moved out of the Spirit of the Lord and His domain and His presence in your life. You're trying to do something God maybe hasn't ever called you to do or whatever it is because whatever God calls you to do and me to do, He will provide the strength and I have no reason to be discouraged and neither do you. God promised Israel that He was with them. I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. And as His children, we can claim that same promise there. We can rest in the promise that God is with us and He will provide strength for the task at hand here. There are going to be tough days, but I want to tell you, there will be challenging days today because I believe, I believe that you're going to see things happening in the near future that you would be amazed at. I believe that God is preparing an awakening. But I also know on the other side of that is that many today are falling into the devil's trap. Many today are falling away. If you've noticed, much is said on the news as they're saying this. They're saying, we have never seen this country as divided as what it is today. Okay? Mm -hmm. And that's true. Because there's a set of values over here that we will not compromise and we take our stand and then there's others who are saying anything goes. Let's just go into the women's restrooms. Let's just continue to kill children in the womb. Let's continue to pour money into these things that are atrocity in the eyes of a holy God. We sang about it today in Revelation song going to get worse and that's what's happening here as far as those who believe the truth and will not compromise versus those who said anything goes just go for all the gusto you believe that that's fine that's fine you know you go on and I just want to kind of take habitation in my home I just want to pull back no you and I have to be witnesses out in this society today. You and I have Jesus' hands. We have his feet. We have his eyes. We have his mind. We have the mind of Christ today. In fact, the presence of Christ lives within you and me through the power of the Spirit, the presence of the, of the person of the Holy Spirit. You and I have the answer today. There'll be people come calling, let me tell you today. As we see this taking place and as things get worse, there'll be people today. That's why we're teaching people to minister today. We've got to be able to minister to people today because there's going to be an onslaught of people coming back into the church. Remember uh, that I, a couple weeks ago we talked about it, is, um, about them returning home? The people returning home today, backsliders and those who are away, 
who have done your own thing, and at some point they'll remember that little bit of what they were taught, maybe as a, as a child or whatever it may be. They may be watching TV. They may hear somebody say something, and they're going to begin to come back home. There'll be a certain number who will come back in as the Spirit of God draws them. That's going to happen. The third thing, don't be afraid. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. The one thing the enemy does is he tries to put fear in our hearts. When we start trying to mull over and trying to discern on our own way in our flesh, apart from the Spirit, let me tell you today, you can become afraid. When you begin to look in your natural eyes, you'll become afraid. Because these things seem to be undaunting. They become the magnitude of what we see today. We can't continue down this road. Let me tell you, people are saying, you know, in the days of Noah, eat and drink, be merry, because tomorrow we die. Well, this is the attitude of most of society today. But you and I know that we're headed to our heavenly home. But we want every person who has an inkling to come with us to be able to come and pray for them and to... Miracle is going to happen immediately. We're seeing it today. Praying for people today. Yes, there is a time of soaking prayer. There's a time of continued to pray. We're going to see the power of God released in the church again. I believe it today. Because why? It's because today God always raise it up, raises up an army before things get too bad. He always has a remnant of people who will follow him no matter what, who will pray to him and will believe by faith for great things for the Spirit of God to do in the earth today. Amen. Amen. I believe it. And I'm a, we're going to see it today. We're going to see it. And God is going to move. God's working today. He reinforces that he's with them. He says this, he assures them that the silver and gold all belong to him anyway. And though the resources seem scarce to the people, God wasn't worried. He owns it all and he's in control. God said that soon he would shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. Yes, that's exactly what he's doing right now. Many times we attend the work for the Lord. The enemy will fill our minds with excuses and tell us that the work is impossible. You had not got enough resources. That's a lie. We have God Almighty. Let me tell you. Hudson Taylor, you know he's a missionary to China Inland Mission there. One day he, he wrote to his wife. He said this, we have 25 cents and the promises of God. Amen. 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 The promises of God is all I need. 25 cents is all he had. And I'm sure he was telling the truth. He wasn't exaggerating. And the promises of God. You see, we have God and we have his promises today. And every promise that's in this word is going to take place. The next thing, don't look back. Don't look back at the past. Somebody has said, you know, Jim, I believe this revival won't look necessarily like the last revival. And I never experienced a revival. But I believe today that that's true. So look for God. You know, my prayer has always been, always ask what the Spirit of the Lord is doing and what He's saying. I go, I come into a service and I go, what are you doing here, Lord, today? Holy Spirit of God, I'll ask him. I'll talk to him during the service. What are you doing here? What are you saying? Because really, we can't do anything apart from him. That's real clear. And the Bible said it. Jesus said, you can't do anything of eternal consequence without me. And so ask him, what are you doing? Let me see what you're doing in my neighbor's life. What are you saying to my neighbor? What are you doing to the one across the street? What are you doing to the person that works next to me in the marketplace? Whatever it may be, ask him. Because God is saying today that he wants to work in and through you 
When he shows you, step out in faith. Believe him for great and mighty things. But don't look back. Look at the present. God has a greater plan. What does he say? I'm going to share with you because I believe this is prophetic. He says this. I will shake all the nations. We're being shaken so that the treasures of all the nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver and gold belong to me, and this is the declaration of the Lord of hosts. And the final glory of this house will be greater than the first. Now, I know it was for this, but I believe it's prophetic. We and I are the temple of God, right? We agree with that. The church is, yes, corporate here, corporately, but we are the church. We could stand out here. We could get out here on 518. And we would say, we are the church. And there wouldn't be a building. Don't you know that? We are the body of Christ. I believe God is going to fill the temple of the, whole, the temple here, our, our bodies, our, our present bodies here, and the church with a far greater glory than even what happened when Jesus walked on this earth, okay? He says that. The glory of the latter house will be greater than the glory here when he came. Jesus was man and he was deity. He was God and man. He said, you'll do the same works I do. He said, but you'll do even greater works, John 14, than I did. Why? Not because we're more in number, but because the power of God has to come and people will come into the kingdom of God as we believe Him and His Word. And we believe that we serve an awesome God. Amen. Amen. We believe that we serve a God that can do anything. Remember the lady with the issue of blood? She crawled and she had not... She went to all the doctors that said... And nobody could heal her. And she said, this Jesus is coming. I'm going to believe Him. And she crawled through the crowd of men and touched the hem of His garment. And virtue, power came out. And she was healed. She had nowhere else to turn. Church, we have nowhere else to turn. We don't have any other answers except for Jesus. He's the only one. You know, a lot of times, we, and I appreciate all of you here, and what, how your attitudes and how your relationship with the Lord and all, but we look in sometimes all the wrong places, and then we finally come to Jesus. Why not go to him first? Why not seek him first? That's why we're here. And these that have come forward and prayed today. Yes, we're going to... Medically, I never tell you never to do this or that about medically. You need to do that because God uses us people and medicines and all. But come to the Lord first. And let us corporately pray for you like we've done here today. Because we're seeing that happen. We're seeing miracles here. These are miracles. And there are greater miracles that are happening. But I'm not despising the day of small things. And I am not discouraged. Because I have every right, and so do you, to be encouraged. If you're a child of God in this place today, then you have every right to be encouraged. A young man had grown weary in the fight. He asked an elderly lady if he should give up the struggle. And he said, I'm beaten every time. And he said dejectively. Dejectedly. I feel I must give up. And the lady replied, Did you ever notice that when the Lord told the discouraged fishermen to cast their nets again, it was right in the same old spot where they had been fishing all night. 
and had caught nothing. It's because we obey the voice of the Lord. Success will come in the Lord's time. But you and I need to be faithful. Your prayers will be answered in due season. But in Galatians it said that we'll bear fruit if we don't give up. Don't give up. Don't become apathetic. Don't stop pressing into the Lord. Last week, Andrea brought a message about 1 Kings chapter 17. You remember it? And remember Elijah? Remember the widow and her son? They had a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour. Elijah came into town. It's kind of strange. Elijah was a little bit weird. He was. He did some weird things. Read, read the story about Elijah. Y'all know that. And he came into town and he told the widow, he goes, I, I want something to eat. And the widow said, uh, like Andrea said, are you kidding me? That's what Andrea said, wasn't it? Are you kidding me? You know, she's talking in her vernacular. Are you kidding me? I just got a little bit of oil, a little bit of flour, and I'm going to go home and make a cake for me and my son. And then what's going to happen? I'm going to die. Remember? You see, sometimes that's what we feel like. We just got a little bit. I don't have much. And, and if you just leave me alone and let me go ahead because the heavenly train's getting ready to pick me up anyway, I know I'm going to heaven because I'm trusting in Jesus. And God is saying, not yet, not yet. Get out and press into me because there are greater things that I have for you to do. That's what God is saying for this church today. Stop looking at what the way the world works and stop looking at churches down the street or across town. God has a mission for Lighthouse Fellowship. And as long as we're obedient to what the Spirit is saying to Lighthouse Fellowship, then it's a success in God's eyes. And we have every right. God's Spirit will teach us if we're obedient. That's what he's saying. And he's telling you like Elijah's saying. He's just saying, take what you got, a little bit, not much, and I'll multiply it. But you see, everything in the kingdom of God operates on faith. Do you believe God? Or do you believe that old devil who's telling you? He's whispering in your ear. You need to get back down there on your knees where you belong. You, you're, you're, you're not a good teacher. You're not a good witness. You're not anything good. You're terrible. And you need to stay down there exactly where you're gone, where you belong. And what does God say? No, you get back up. Don't be discouraged, church. I got plans. You see, right now, God is beginning to intertwine Lighthouse Fellowship into missions that we see. And people's lives are being changed, not just here, but also in foreign countries. Not just in our community, although that's happening. But all around this world. We're having the privilege of being a part of what God is doing. And we'll see greater things if we'll be obedient. God still heals. He still delivers. Obviously, he still saves. The disciples came to Jesus. We'll close with this. Remember, I always use it because I love it. And he said, they said, Master, it's getting dark. And the people are hungry. And um, 
What are we going to do with them? There's no McDonald's down the street. It's not a what, even though it's a Whataburger, evidently in Guatemala, it's not a Whataburger out here. All right, they seem to be everywhere, don't they? He said, "All we got is two fish and a few loaves." And remember what he said? He said, "You go feed them. You go feed them." And what happened? They feed thousands. That's what he's telling Lighthouse Fellowship, and he's telling you as believers, you go feed them, and watch God multiply. Watch God bless. Why? Simply because of who God is, certainly, but because you're obedient. And we're believing God for great and mighty things. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word, your truth. We will not be discouraged. We will not back down. We will not back up. We will not hang our heads. We will stand up strong under your mighty power. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing here. We bless the work of your spirit in this church. We ask you to increase it. Increase. Release your spirit here, dear God, in a way that we would never, ever imagine. And across the body of Christ, we'll lift you up and we'll give you praise. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.